0: Love Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Thursday, May the 11th. And welcome to our, welcome to our commentary. I tell you, it's been – I had an opportunity today around lunchtime to check out some of those images coming out of the border. With Title 42 expiring later tonight, I think, around midnight, they're expecting a lot of crazy stuff down on the border. And, you know, this is amazing. When you watch those images, you just walk away saying, how how did this happen? How was this allowed to happen? I guess that's the question most people are asking. How was this allowed to get like this? I mean... Yes, there have always been pressures on the border, but over the years we've been ma- able to manage them. And you manage them by simply enforcing your border. You don't have to write new new laws; we already have them. But you simply, you know, make sure that there is, you know, some some uh, some kind of order on your border. I mean, that's just essential uh, essential that you have some kind of a stable situation. So that you greet people or meet people on the border and you have a system that uh, is orderly and works for the best interest of the United States. And of course, the migrants, uh, who I'm going to assume that most of them are trying to come here for a better life. I don't hold that. uh, I don't hold that against them. But what we are watching and what I saw today at lunchtime and uh, just a few minutes ago, I I took another peek at the TV and saw something similar. It's just crazy stuff. I mean, this is chaos. And this is on the Biden administration. That's nothing else. This is on the Biden administration. And that's because one of the first things they did was to basically scratch, eliminate one of the better things that Donald Trump had done as president, which is to establish some type of order uh, and, and some type of, you know, some type of a process so that you can control the flow of people. The most important uh, part of that, uh, of the things that Donald Trump did was stay in Mexico. But that wasn't just it, it was also the message that was being sent out. And I think this is the key. And I think this is the big contrast between what President Trump was doing and what President Biden is doing. It's the message that you're sending out. And the message is, under President Trump, the message is, or was, Look, we welcome legal immigration. There's a legal way to do it. You know what to do. Get the information. Go to your, you know, go to the embassy or the consulate, U.S. embassy or consulate in your country, and start the paperwork. And we'll be happy to to look at it. That was under President Trump. Under President Biden, uh, it was the exact opposite. The border is open. If you show up, we'll let you come in, and we'll let you come in, and you can wait in the United States while your case is being processed. The problem with that is that some of these cases may take three, four, five years to process. So what are you going to do with those people while they're in here? Can they work? You know, who's going to pay their medical bills? Who's going to take care of their kids? They have to go to school. You can't just have kids sitting around not going to school. Now, all of those things have a cost. Schools have a cost, as any of you know, who pay property taxes. Health care has a cost, as all of us know, who pay taxes because the more than likely the pace, the place that many of these people will go for medical care are the public hospitals and those are not free. Those, you know, we pay for with our taxes. I know there are some charities that support these people, but at the end of the day, this is an expense for the American taxpayer. And, you know, that I think is the farce of all of this. So I don't know what's gonna happen. Uh, I I cannot imagine that it's going to be better than what it is right now. I think so for for the short term, I expect a lot of chaos and I expect a lot of angry people in the country looking what is happening on the border. Now, I saw something today that was very interesting. I was listening to a military man uh, with the Texas National Guard. As you may know, Governor Abbott has put the guard on the border and they're – Their instruction is nobody comes in. You know, people cannot cannot walk in. And he was saying that he feels that they've got things under good control here in Texas because of Governor Abbott putting the National Guard on the border. But he was saying that it could be really chaotic in some of the other places like California, like New Mexico, like Arizona, where the governors in those states have not taken bold moves like our governor here. So we'll have to keep an eye on it, but this is not good for the country. I think that's the the essence of my criticism. This is not good for the country. This is not good for the migrants either. This is not good for the migrants either. The only people who are benefiting from any of this that we're watching on TV today are the people who who, who are charging them money to go to the border. There are criminal elements who are charging these people money and they've taken To the u.s mexico border those are the only people making out out of all of this and that's a shame that's a shame that uh, the u.s government policy is basically helping smuggling operations or human trafficking operations there's also a tremendous problem too with the number of women who are being raped the children i mean this is about as crazy as it gets and I guess it's going to get even crazier. That's all I can tell you. But what a, what a shameful performance by the Biden administration. I saw a note today saying that President Biden is really angry with his administration, I guess his staff, for not doing something better on the border. Well, that may be true. It was reported in one of the websites. If he's angry, he should have done this two years ago. I mean, he should have done something about this two years ago because everybody saw this coming. Everybody saw this coming. Well, there was a big event last night on CNN. President Trump went to CNN. And uh, I said about this a few few weeks ago that I thought it was smart of President Trump to go on CNN. And I thought it was also smart of CNN to put him on because CNN needs viewers. I mean, their ratings are in the tank. So they need something to get people to watch that network. And obviously, putting Donald Trump is always going to guarantee an audience, uh, no matter what network. He goes to but i i thought the big problem last night was that it was marketed as a town hall meaning people get to ask questions but for much of the night the lady who was the moderator kept arguing with trump you know she kept like contesting him challenging him about this or this or this or that and and i just thought that was bad that was bad uh because what she should have done is she should have said look he's here to answer your questions let's just go right down the line and everybody asked questions. Nobody saw that program to see the moderator get into debates with Donald Trump about this or that. The other thing, too, that uh, I think the CNN people really missed the boat is that if you're going to have a town hall to a Republican audience, uh, you know, with a Republican candidate, don't start bringing in a lot of topics that Republicans are not interested in. Uh, Don't start asking questions about 2020 or January the 6th Or this trial with this lady in New York, that's not what the Republican voters are interested in. I would, I would argue that's not what most voters, either party are interested in when you have inflation and the economy and the border crisis and everything else going on. But this lady moderator, I think her name is Collins, Caitlin Collins, decided to get really cute and start arguing with President Trump. And I think he just, you know, destroyed her. I really do. And it's not me saying that if you look at all the reviews of this town hall meeting, um, everybody, even people who hate Donald Trump, say that he came out looking pretty strong in this uh, in this town hall meeting. Now, the real question, of course, I know Republicans love it when they see this Trump on television, you know, beating up the media. I know reporters uh, beating up reporters. I know that the Republicans love that. The question is, how do independents react to that? And I think that's the key. That's what we don't know. Because as I've said many times before, the biggest enemy that Donald Trump has is Donald Trump. He could actually be the only one who could defeat him. Uh, cause, and that's just the way it is, because his personality is abrasive uh, to many people who just don't like his personality. It's not so much his uh, opinions or his policies. I actually think his policies, especially in retrospect, look better and better all the time. The border we just talked about, energy policy. I mean, the, the country was much better off under, under Trump's policies than under Biden's policies. But nevertheless, there is a personality factor there that a lot of independents don't like. And that came out last night. And I know that uh, the Republican audience was cheering, but the question is, will independents cheer? And that's the big question now maybe some independents are going to look at him in 2024 and say you know the economy is so bad the situation is so bad things are so crazy everything is upside down i'm going to vote for trump because i want to go back to his policies maybe some will some will but there is that chance that the trump that we saw last night effective and you know getting the a good reaction from republicans that that trump will actually lose the election because Parts of the country don't like that personality of Trump. I know that's not what you want to hear, but I'm telling you something that I believe quite firmly. I, you know, we have to win the next presidential election. I mean, to me, that's a must. We, the Republicans have to win in 2024, and they got to pick up the Senate and keep the House. So we have to make sure that we put our best people on the front because it's going to be a tough election. We can win it, but we got to put the best candidates. Uh, Speaking of uh, the Biden family, there was a big report yesterday about the Biden family and money. I haven't really gotten into this report that much because I want to see more tangible evidence. I know that it looks really bad, but until they have a connection between Biden and his son, uh, they're not going to be able to really close the case. So I'm waiting. I hope there is. I think there's a lot of suspicion. I agree with uh the members of the house who came up with this report. Look, I, I agree that there's a lot of suspicion, that there's a lot of family members who made a lot of money for no other reason than because of their last name. That's pretty obvious, I think, to anybody watching. But they're gonna have to connect some dots here. And that's what I think their nest their next uh challenge uh in all of this is. I've got a post tomorrow, tomorrow Friday, I've got a post on inflation and inflation down in Argentina, so my good friend uh, Nestor, check this out, because Argentina is getting killed by inflation. Inflation is killing Argentina. I and mean, if you think we've got it bad up here, you don't have a clue of how bad it is down in Argentina. I mean, they've got inflation rates uh, that are absolutely astronomical. And it's making uh, life and everything very expensive down in Argentina. So I've got a post about that coming out. Coming out on Friday. I had, I had a post about inflation that came out today uh, over at the American Thinker. You may want to check that out, talking about inflation and how inflation is always the last guest to leave the party. When you have a bad economy and you've got an inflationary spiral or you have inflation in your economy, inflation is always the last one to leave. After inflation leaves, then you begin your comeback to a strong economy. We saw that in 83. With the Reagan recovery, you know, he had to get inflation out of the system before the recovery came in. And that happened to Reagan in 82, 83. And of course, he had a great recovery uh, back then. So you got to get inflation out of the system, which is why I think they'll continue to raise interest rates until until inflation is completely out of the system. Well, on this day in 1888, so one eight, eight, eight. Uh, we remember Irvin Berlin, who came to the United States, uh, I believe, from Russia, and he became a great composer. and He's better than the best known, of course, for that song, "God Bless America." "God Bless America," which is sort of like a, a national anthem in the United States. I know it's not the not the real national anthem, but uh, ma- many people around the world think it is, by the way, uh, the national anthem of the United States because it's such a unique. Uh, and wonderful American songs. So we remember today Irving Berlin, who was born in Russia on this day in 1888 and grew up in New York, like many, so many immigrants did back then. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.